the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and this week my special guest is Dave Gillam. Coming up, we'll be answering your questions on everything from orchids to gooseberries. But first, we have tips for things you can be getting on with in the garden and details of some forthcoming Essex gardening events as well. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther, every Saturday from 11. Dave, welcome to the programme and following that brief mild spell as February began, we're back into a few wintry showers this week and uh, it's feeling a bit... Um, like typical time of the year, isn't it? A bit of snow yes, shower, yeah. a bit of this, a bit of that. Anyway, it doesn't stop us doing stuff in the garden, though, does it? No, just have to wrap up warm when you get out there. <laughs> so what's your first one that you um, would suggest? We've been enjoying the winter grasses and the leaves through the sort of winter months. You get some lovely bronzes and colours from those. Oh, good. Um, they? But they're going to start thinking about regrowing soon, and before they do, now's the time to really cut them down to a few centimetres from the ground. So you can allow that new growth to come through the old, otherwise it looks very scruffy when you get both Bit at the same time, yeah. Talking of which, actually, you can pull the leaves out, because I bet they've got leaves in them as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, they hold everything, don't they? <laughs> which brings me on to my one, because if you go out and look at the average garden, I'll tell you what, below the hedges, loads of leaf is still caught in the base of the hedge. Now, I was always taught as an apprentice that you actually uh, flick them out with a bamboo stick, but I'm sure there's an easier <laughs> way. But basically, all you've got to do is get that leaf out, pull it out with a gloved hand, uh, yeah. But do watch out for any hedgehogs that might be hibernated. Get it all out and put it on the compost heap because, uh, you know, leaves still make great compost. But they it do. does make the garden look tidier and it stops those leaves blowing out onto other areas of the garden that you've already cleared up on. And you so. might have some sort of bulbs and things in the yeah. hedgerow that are trying to push through them at yeah. the moment. So it look good, wouldn't it? Right, the other thing you can do is get into the old veg garden. If you've got autumn yeah. flowering or autumn fruiting raspberries, then now's the time to cut them down. Um, to get the new shoots because they're going to fruit on, on this year's growth. And the summer flowering ones, you just want to take the tips out of them to encourage some nice strong shoots from the stems that were left last year. Do they actually fruit at the top of the stem that you've left, will they? Or? The, the summer ones yeah. will fruit from the shoots from the stem that you've left. And then do you cut them down after they fruit? And then cut them down. So you get two bo two two goes at the cherry, really, don't Yes, you? yeah, if you can have the autumns as well. But you'll get new shoots from the summers, but they're next year's fruits from the ground. So there are. There's what you should be doing in your with your raspberries. Talking to the veg plot, it's important to keep your veg plot clean and tidy. But it's the same with the beds. It's very easy to think, I've got a rose bed, I'll leave it till I prune it. But no, there's lots. If you look, there's lots of little weeds, and yeah. if you hoe it regularly, you will knock them out completely. Walk around with a hoe every couple of weeks. Go through the beds with a hoe or a claw or anything like that and you will keep those weeds at bay. And when you get to the spring, you'll have a much better chance of having clean flower beds. Just before they seed again for the new That's year. That's right, yeah. Snowdrops are everywhere when you see them. You're spotting them about now. Um, but they soon go over. If you want to move them, if you want to add more or divide your clumps, then just let them finish flowering and then lift them and do it while they're still green. Don't sort of go burying in there trying to find little bulbs when they've gone down. Um, and spread them around now. It's a great time. Once they've established, then... They're away, they're aren't away. they? are away. It's just getting them going in the first place. Plant them in the green, as yes. we would say as gardeners. <laughs> so there's plenty to be getting on with in the garden. Plenty. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11.
Let's have a look at some of the gardening events taking place across Essex over the next few weeks. And we're going to start at the old rectory, Church Road, Boreham. That's uh, open on Saturday the 18th and Sunday the 19th of February between 12 and 3. All part of the National Garden Scheme. It's got ponds, stream, bridges, primulas, small wildflower matter, woods and interesting trees and shrubs. £5 admission. Children are free. Light refreshments available. I reckon that's a bit of cake. I do like cake. Now, the 19th of February, we've got Headingham Castle Winter Garden. It's at least 13 varieties of snowdrop. If you haven't been there, I have. It is a delight. It covers the steep slopes of the Mott and Bailey, and the cafe will be open selling mulled wine and other refreshments. That's admission 8.50. Uh, for adults, 750 for the over 65 and six pound for the under 18s, free admission under fives. Talking of snowdrops, we've got the Forgotten Gardens of Eastern Lodge as well, near Great Dunmo, 19th to the 26th of February, 11.30 till 4. That's another one that's well worth taking. Dogs too as well, but they've got to be on a lead. Monday the 20th of February, Billericay Horticulture Society has a talk by James Crevin Bailey on Topery. Takes place in Chantry Way, Day Centre. Visitors always welcome. Entry's just £2. Last but not least, Best Chateau. Her gardens in Colchester are home to over 50 varieties of snowdrops. That's got an open time on the 24th and 25th of February, 10 till 4. Um, so if you're a snowdrop enthusiast like David Ward, um, he's doing little tours. And the tours cost £15 uh, or £12 for the Gold Friends of the Gardens and RHS members. Tour includes garden entrance. So I tell you what, that's, that's worth going along to because we don't know enough about snowdrops. And I'll tell you what, I can't identify a couple, let alone... 50 varieties so they are there's something to look out for so if you have an essex gardening event for the bbc essex gardening hour send all your details to me ken crowther with at least three weeks notice that's ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk or drop me a line always drop me a line love getting letters ken crowther bbc essex p.o box 765 chelmsford cm2 9xb Coming up next, myself and Dave will be answering your gardening questions. I'm going to start with Janet in Halstead. She has a mole problem. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11. I've been in my property for over three years now and I've never had the problem, but I'm overrun with mole holes. I need to, some advice of how I can deter them, please. <laughs> Well, it's, that's always a good one. I mean, in fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to say to people across the county. If you suffer with moles and you've got a great idea, give us a call 0300 200 4041 or you can send me a text 81333, put Essex on the front and we will read those out. But what's your, I mean, you know, you sell mole deterrents, don't yeah, you? There's probably three ways of, of dealing with them. You've got the, the not-so-nice way, which is a mole trap that you put in the actual run. Which will actually there. kill them. It will trap and kill them. Um, then you've got so sonic devices. So they push down into the ground and they give off a, a tone that is not appealing to the mole and it can drive them further away from that. But if it's a big garden and if the moles are really liking it there, then they'll probably put up with a noise. Um, <coughs> you can get a... Like you use for the cats and dogs, like a, a granule um, that is supposed to deter them. 
We sell all of them, so generally they must be You couldn't working. pick on one and say, that is fantastic, because it sells more. You wouldn't really no, know. No, it's across the board. I think that the Sonic ones are, are quite good in small areas if you're trying to drive them out of borders. Mm. Or, but if they're in the whole garden, then you're going to end up with probably three or four of these stuck in the ground, and they run on batteries. You've got to change batteries. Um, but probably, like, like with most mice and things, if you can trap them, it's a better way of doing it's probably it. probably the, the long term. But, of course, people would say that's not humane and therefore they might not like it, but uh, that's all really, isn't it? Yeah. You know. um, and, of course, there are other methods. Uh, there's some not-friendly methods. We don't want to hear about those, but, of course, <laughs> there are... You can use children's windmills. Yes. Same sort of idea, isn't it? Making a noise, a noise. vibration. Um, and also, somebody told me, claret bottles... Uh, sunk the bo- sink the bottle into the into the uh, into the run with the top open, and the wind across the top of the claret bottle will deter them as well. It's noise. Mm. How about that, Janet? Well, well I've tried. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've tried the windmill. That hasn't worked. Now somebody said to me, put some sticks in, right into the hole, and then put empty cans on that. So I've tried that one, but somebody did recommend if I get castor oil, Jay's fluid. And mix it with some washing up liquid and pour it down their run should be good. You'll have a lovely clean ground, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, really. I mean, yeah, it's. Um, it's a bit. I'll be I, a little bit careful, especially if it's on lawns and, and where there's plants. You, start pouring Jay's fluid and things around plants. That's, and washing up liquid. Yeah. I wouldn't go for that particularly. But no, no other people okay. say moss balls. I've heard as well. But anyway, if anybody else has got a great idea, they could help Janet. Give us a call, 0300 200 4041, or send me a text here in the studio, 81333. Put Essex on the front. What do you reckon, Janet? See if we can come up with some more for you. Yeah. Okay, thanks for your advice. Okay, that's Janet uh, talking moles. And uh, let's now go to Robert, who's. uh, What what are we talking about? Poppies, is it, Robert? Yeah, that's right. um, I've got a a Latvian friend who lives over here now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But when she left Latvia, she brought some. (coughs) Excuse me. <coughs> she brought some poppy heads with her. Yeah. And she's given them to me because she hasn't got a garden now. But I was just wondering, is it safe, you know, is there any danger of introducing a disease or anything? No, I wouldn't, not from Well, Latvia, we're but... allowed to move stuff across, yeah, aren't we, anyway? Part of the uh, EEC, EU. EEC, isn't it? Yeah. EU. Isn't um, it part of the EU, Latvia, isn't it? Well, it is yeah, at the moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, we're, we're, we're not what? it well. <laughs> no, but we've got, basically, we've got free movement of plants uh, of seed across those borders yeah. pretty well. Right. When you go outside those... Are they, are they big heads or little heads? No, they're only little ones. He says it's, they're only small, they're only about 12 inch high. So they might be like... They are various colours, he said. Yeah. Various colours? What so, yeah. Are they oranges and yellows or...? I don't know. I've I never didn't saw say. them in Latvia. <laughs> no, I didn't know whether she'd said. Didn't they're know whether probably she'd like know. the Icelandic poppies that we sell at the garden gnome and so on they call them how would, you, how, would you, how would you do when would you sow those in Dave I'd, I'd probably think about doing it soon if you've got a little bit of protection just to get them going um, oh. poppies generally don't like being moved around too much though you know as a, as a young plant so be a bit careful um, sow them sparingly so you're not disturbing too much and then you can take them out when they've germinated almost as a little plug if you, you can use a cell tray even um, and either pot them up or plant them into the ground if you wait probably till about end of March, April, you might you be could direct so so a few directly, but perhaps it's worth doing half and half and seeing what works out best for you. Okay, then. All right. Thanks for that. Yeah. Cheers. Okay. 
And let us know what we want to know what colour they are and what they look like when they're all in flower. <laughs> Loads of pictures. All right. Okay, right. Yeah, send, send us a picture. And somebody who has sent us a picture, just a reminder, you're listening to BBC Essex, the gardening hour, 0300 200 4041. That's the number to call. 81333 for text. Yes. Uh, <sighs> all a waste of time and money, moles are. <laughs> Get a mole trap, says says NBC, don't be soft, get a mole trap, and that's John in Thundersley. They are very harsh words from John in Thundersley, don't you think? Get enough for a pair of moleskin slippers, can't I? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a... Oh, John, that's harsh. They are lovely little... Th- actually, they're gorgeous little they're, things, they're aren't they? But they're, cute, little, but they're little hands and things. Until but... they dig right by your plant. <laughs> yes, and then they're not so clever. Talking to which, they are. Thank you for your text, uh, John in Thundersley. He's uh, text me on 8133, put Essex on the front. You can do just that, or 0300 200 4041, give us a call. Uh, email ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. And talking of pictures, as we asked... Um, to see the poppies in pictures. We've got an interesting picture of an aeonium. Um, the aeonium is rather stretched <laughs> because the picture's been somehow been put on sideways. But we won't worry. We know what you've got. And this is linen epping. Now, linen epping, I bought it as a small plant four years ago, repotted last year, but I have no idea how to best care for it. It just seems to grow taller and taller. taller. It looks like, from the pictures, if it's growing indoors. But... Um, um, if it is growing indoors, fine. It can do, but yeah. it actually can be grown outdoors, can't it? Yeah, they're a sort of modern um, plant, it seems, as an outdoor. They start appearing within the, the alpine ranges and things. Um, they look lovely. Some of them, you get the real dark purple um, fleshed ones. They're like a succulent, um, and they can branch out and get like a mini tree. Um, but they're not strictly 100% hardy. I certainly wouldn't enjoy being out there at the moment. Um, in that and sense, would it get killed? It would get it, killed it with probably frost. Probably get knocked back. Yeah. Um, whether it will kill the root and, and permanently do it harm, it's a chance. But um, it looks like it's been indoors. So if it's been indoors, keep it indoors. Maybe put it out in the summer when it warms up. Um, I'm not sure whether you can decapitate them or not. No, I was wondering <laughs> because it, it, it is. It's got a tall stem and, yeah. and, and a head on it, and you're th- we're thinking to ourselves, well, how do you make how do you make them branch? We yeah. don't know. Well, the only way you'd, some of the new varieties and the ones that we see a lot of now naturally seem to branch, but I'm not sure that these ones, you know, the one that we're seeing here is it's one of the old green normal. Plants. It is, isn't it? I'd be tempted a bit like the yucca, isn't it? It ends up growing and growing from the centre and leaving the stem behind and. Sometimes you've just got to bite the bullet and... <laughs> and try and see what it does. <laughs> see what happens. They're quite but cheap now. Other so. than that, it yeah. looks fine. Yeah. Let's talk now to Mike from Leon C. You've got an azalea, an indoor yeah, azalea, Mike. Can, yeah, I mean, usually you buy these things, I have to say, and uh, uh, after they've flowered and so forth, uh, our experience has always been they tend to die. But we bought <laughs> this one a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we keep it in the north of the house during the summer so it doesn't get too hot. And at the moment, it's been residing uh, since the heat's gone uh, on the, in the south of the house in the uh, unheated conservatory. And uh, he, as I'm standing looking at it now, it's got about 10 or 12 blooms on it. Looks all very nice and healthy. The only, the only thing is that, um, and it always seems to suffer this, uh, the, the leaves at the ends of the uh, stems tend to have a yellowing. 
Now I've tried. Uh, I did try to um, give it some Epsom salts uh, sometimes back, but that uh, didn't sort yeah. out. So I'm yeah. just wondering: is this a sort of a natural thing? That Have it, you fed it, it at all? Um, I, we feed it, yes, occasionally. Yeah, I wouldn't say regularly. <laughs> <laughs> With what? And it's... Uh, I've got I've got um, an ericaceous uh, feed. That's right. Yeah. Some, sometimes with, with um, ericaceous plants, rhodes do it, camellias do it, skimmias tend to do it as well. Um, when they're, they're flowering or opening the flowering flower buds, they tend yeah. to put a bit more energy into that than they, could, they should. Oh, so, right. so that even though you fed the plant, yeah. it just has to sort of let something go for a bit while it's uh, doing what it needs to. So, so quite right, often, I'm, I'm once the you. flowers are oh, open, they, they green up. The yeah. other thing that my wife did wonder is that it's getting quite big in the pot, Mm-hmm. Um, is there any harm in sort of um, uh, just prune, when, when it's finished flowering, pruning it back a little? Well, I was going to ask whether you've repotted it at all. Um, yeah, it's repotted, yeah. I, you I have repotted, repotted it? it. Uh, oh, uh, about uh, 12 months ago. That's yeah, all right, that's, that's good. Fine. Yeah, no, there's nothing that, wrong with pruning no, it, is there? Let no. it finish flowering and well, give it a tidy it. up. No. We'll enjoy the flowers then. <laughs> you can. Yeah. I've seen some lovely bonsai azaleas. All right. You know, you can really keep them trimmed back and controlled. Um, right. So no reason why not. So this one's got lovely pink flowers on it. It's uh, quite beautiful. But uh, as I say, uh, yeah, a little bit of tender pruning then um, when when, the, when it's finished flowering. Yeah. Do, you, do you put pink. it outside in the summer or just keep it in? Uh, well, we usually put it uh, in the. Well, we've got a porch in, at the north of the house, which doesn't get too hot, mm-hmm. so it doesn't get burnt out. Yeah. Um, and he seems to like it there. He's got two years out of it, so you're probably you're doing, doing well. <laughs> you're doing oh, yeah. something definitely right. <laughs> I think okay, that's fine. Then I'll give it a bit more feed and um, see how we go. It and particularly feed it from July onwards because that's mm. when they're p- producing their buds. All oh, right. Okay. okay. Th- yep. Thanks very much. Okay. Don't forget, okay. you can give us a call here on the gardening phone in here on BBC Essex on 0300 200 40 41. Uh, it's as easy as that. Andrew in Purley, you've got a privet hedge that's causing you a bit of a problem. Is that right, Andrew? Well, yes. In the last few weeks, I've noticed it's got big brown rings on the top is it dying um on the leaves or just generally bits that are going it seems to be uh, these round brown rings are getting bigger i wondered if it was hang on no no, hang on what what dave was asking is is it on each leaf you've got brown rings or is it across an area of the hedge in in patches um, so it's, he's getting like a mildew, an, a, yeah. an area of mildew, isn't he? Pri- privet is, is not yeah, it's ever... very damp out the front, yeah. yeah. And we've had some cold weather we? <laughs> in yeah. between. Um, privet isn't strictly evergreen, it's classed as semi-evergreen and it will lose the newer or the l- latter formed leaves of, of the previous season if we get cold snaps. So in a mild winter... If I was to cut it down halfway because it's getting tall, yeah. would that be um, yeah. a good thing? Yeah, it'll just encourage new growth and open it up. So, And you can do that All now right. onwards, that's fine. Right, thank you very much. All right. Give it, a good, give it a good feed as well in the spring. and In March, give it a really good granular feed at the base, water it in, give it a mulch, and that will really push it on. Right. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, that's Andrew in Purley asking about his privet hedge. 0300 200 4041, I keep just saying. We've got a line free at the moment. And we've had a text here from um, Hilary in Bradwell on Sea. She said, is it too late to separate hostas? No. no. It's not. It's quite a good time, that would be, wouldn't it? probably started growing, yeah. I mean, you'd normally divide um, perennials in the autumn. 
Um, but if you're there and you can get them out, <laughs> if the ground's not frozen solid, um, yeah, get them out, divide them, replant. And it's best to lift the whole thing out, whole clump, isn't it? Yeah, and then you can see what you've got. Where the you'll probably find there'll be some sort of little uh, noses or buds of, of shoots starting to come, and just separate a good clump with a couple of good strong shoots on it. Replant, bit of compost, away they go. And slug pellets as well. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. the slugs do like hostas, don't well, they? If it wasn't for hostas, we'd never sell slug pellets. Do you think, I mean, do you honestly think, are they one of the biggest things that people ask for slug pellets yeah. for? Yeah, yeah. Hostas, above yeah. everything else, pretty it's, well. It's most things, um, them and cabbages. But yeah. I think slugs. Cabbages when they're young. Yeah, they absolutely love them. But I think if you like hostas and you grow hostas, you have a few of them. Um, and then that's, that's you're looking it. after you them. want you want to keep them slugs off so there's various most people tend to grow them in pots now and put the old copper tape around that does pot. work doesn't it it does as long as um when you pot it or when you put the tape on there isn't already slug eggs in the pot because ah, <laughs> obviously point, you've just tracked them in rather than yeah. stopped them getting in so, so you make sure you start and clean 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 compost clean hosta yeah and in fact if you want to do that even even hillary could Actually, put them into a container, but you can wash all the soil off it. It won't hurt the hosta, no, will it? No, it won't hurt. Fresh pot, and then put a bit of copper tape around while you know that there isn't slugs already sitting there ready to go. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour, every Saturday from 11. BBC Essex. You've got an orchid question, is that right, Jean? Yes, that's right. I had it given to me as a gift when it was in full bloom. Yeah. Um, it's a dendrobium nobile on yeah. the label. Dendrobium, yeah. And um, what, what it is, it, all the flowers have died off, but I've got three shoots coming out from the bottom on the side of it. I've got two main stems, which were all in blossom, mm -hmm. but the, I've got these three shoots that are growing from the root. Yeah. Do I need to cut them off? No. <laughs> no, that's just a plant regrowing. They've grow they flower from the leaf joints. I'll tell you what, Jean, I've got Sylvia on asking about one as well. So let's see what um, Sylvia's got and see whether you're whether we're asking the same question, which would be novel, won't it, Jean? Is that all right? Yes. Yes. Now Sylvia, yes. what what are Hello. you saying yours has got no flowers? Now which orchid have no, you got? No, it's, uh, when my husband bought it a few um, about a month ago. Yep. Um, it was all it was flowering lovely it was beautiful um but the flowers are dying off now and we've never had one before so we don't know really what to do with it so which one have um, you got what's the flower uh, look it's, like um it's dendroblum dendroblum <laughs> nobile it's that's the same yeah. one as so mine it's the same yeah. you see jean and sylvia <laughs> yes. with the same uh, yes. same ones what a winner yes. someone must so have a deal on yeah i think yes <laughs> one's in mould and one's in wickford so you're not buying from the same shop, are you? <laughs> no, no, I live in Althorne, actually. So oh, there you are, uh, you see. Anyway, let's, so so basically, what we're saying is the flowers drop off. Um, isn't that right, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. you don't... What do you do with the, the stems? Because I used to run down them a couple... How many buds do you go down to the I'm old taking stem? The, taking the bits off? Yeah. I just tend to you see just where, to leave them. I leave them until they start showing other signs, and then <laughs> I can't fiddle around with these. Right. Things. So what you can do is you just leave the stem. Yeah. It will produce a side shoot on its own. Yeah. And then tidy down to the side shoot. Does that make sense, ladies? Well, um, we we look like, and there's there's two at the back that look like if they've been cut down. Yeah. Don't worry you know, about I'm that. No, no, they're fine. So uh, we don't know what to do with the tall ones, as I said. You leave <laughs> them. Leave, leave them alone, them. and yeah. then they will produce a side shoot. 
When they produce your side shoe, you cut yes. down to that side shoe. In other words, prune the old wood above it out. Right. Does that make sense? Uh, well, so we've got yeah. to cut the two main stems down. No, not till they produce a side shoot. Right. So when you see new shoots coming from those stems, then cut down to it. Uh, excuse me. Um, yeah. Mine has got four side shoots already, actually. So you, you can then take cut. the main stem down to those side shoots. So the main stem go down, go down to the side shoots yeah. as well, yeah. then. All yeah. oh, right. Thank you very much. And then what they'll do is they'll produce flower off those side stems. Right, thank you. <laughs> Who am I talking to there? Who was that with the four? Uh, me, Sylvia. You're Sylvia. So Sylvia's yeah. lucky. She's got four shoots. So how many side shoots? Have you got any side shoots yet, Jean, or not? Yes, I've got um, one that's quite tall, and I've got two smaller ones coming through from the bottom. So you're both doing really well with these, aren't you? <laughs> well, I, I trimmed all the main stems up when the flowers died. Yeah. And... Um, took it and cleaned it all up and I've left it like that. No, that's just that's a job. Fine, yeah. And as they start to produce buds, give them a good liquid feed and you can buy drippers, can't you? Yeah, they're the best. They're, easy. they're called right. drippers. You just push them in the top and it feeds. Right, so I've got to cut these two main stems down to the heights of the, the side, side shoots. shoots. Yeah. And then you're all done. How about yeah. that, Jean and, Jean and <laughs> Sylvia? You. Are you happy with thank that, you. girls? Yep. Yeah, thank you yeah. very much. OK, Hi. that's Jean and Sylvia both sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> They're dendrondrums. Oh, sorry about the cough. Right, let's uh, move on to a different subject. We're talking gooseberries with John, aren't we, John? Yes, good morning to you, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, I, my wife would like to grow a culinary gooseberry. Yep. We've got a small garden, and I wondered if we could grow it as a standard rather than a bush. Um, and what variety would you recommend? I mean, most there's lots of varieties about now, and, and most garden centres, us included, would have had the, the stock in now for the sort of spring planting. The, the only problem, if you're going to grow a standard go, uh, gooseberry, you'd need to buy it as a single stem to start with. Right. Uh, where most of the plants you'll find available would have had the tops cut out and would already be, you know, forming bushes. So you'd be pa you'd have to go and buy one that was a standard and already yes. trained, which yeah. means you're paying more money for it. Yeah. Is there any reason why you couldn't put this gooseberry in a container on the patio if you haven't got? Um, well, uh, I've already got loads of pots on the patio, right. and uh, well, my wife wouldn't mind another pot, mm. but I'm sort of just getting over. What about fan with... training it then, Dave, against a against a wall yeah. or fence? Can <laughs> you do? Could you do that? Um, I've got a very unstable wall at the end of my garden, so I wouldn't want to train anything against that. You might hold it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, it does It does sound uh, as... It... You see, I've got raspberries at the end of the garden, mm -hmm. and yep. I thought about just reducing the number of raspberries and just growing you know, the gooseberry alongside those at the top of the garden. Yeah, they don't um, need to take a lot of space. It seems a good idea because it doesn't take up much for, you know, sort of horizontal space. Yeah, I think if you're if you're clever with a pruning um, and just keep them nice and compact, a bush wouldn't take up too much space either. It's only when you sort of forget to, to tidy them up that they can get a bit large. Right. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, any, any, I think, is it, I'm trying to think, is it Victor or... 
His victory is one, yes. His one is one. And there's the dark purple, the Haseki. Winham's Industry, is it? Yeah, or is that an old one? No, it's an old one. There's an old one. There's a purple one that's got a Japanese name in it. It's Hisakuri or something like that. Hisakuri. Hisakuri. No, that's a cherry, isn't it? But most of what's your, you know, garden centre stock, the modern varieties as well as the old favourites. So I would be guided by what they've got. No one intentionally buys rubbish ones. <laughs> and and let, and get see that you get a nice, uh, you know, keep it nice and open. What are you growing in your pots? Have you grown fruit in your pots or not? Um, I've only got one sort of uh, minaret apple, but it's all sort of flowers and shrubs in, in pots on the patio. Uh, and the patio sort of faces north, unfortunately. I know um, gooseberries take a little bit of shade, don't they? But I would have thought they prefer to be in a sunny position. Um, they will take a bit of shade. It's only the sun will help with fruiting, you know, and the ripening of the fruit. And I found the name for you. It's Hinonmaki. That's it. That's Hinonmaki. <laughs> now you can get a Hinonmaki red, or you can get a Hinonmaki yellow. Yes. Right, and they'll and be all right for making jam and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're also they're fairly mildew resistant, which is actually quite important. Oh, right, OK, fine. Presumably the older varieties might be more... Uh, They're more inclined to get mildew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean... That's, the, uh, that's been helpful. You see, Invicta was quite... This, it's not a very, very old one, Invicta, no, but no. Invicta is fairly mildew-resistant as well. It's so quite that, a nice, good size. And you can berry. also eat that as well as cook with yeah. it. Oh, right. Okay. So I'll see if I can find one at the garden centre. So look at look at a garden centre for one, and then really, if you want it as a standard, you could you train it as a yeah, standard. Yeah, you could always select one of the strongest stems, put a stick in, tie it to the stick, and then remove the other, so you turn it back into a single stem. If but you want to. Most of them will have the tops pruned out and probably have four or five branches already started on them. Okay. And hopefully, hopefully you'll find it at a garden centre. If not, you've got a couple of good mail order companies in the in the county, and that's Pomona Fruits and also Ken Muir. They are two well known yeah. fruit people in the county. Okay, fine. All right. Yeah, thank you very much. That's all right. That is a pleasure. Shirley says, "I want to purchase a winter flowering honeysuckle. Am I too late to buy?" Advice, please. Now, when she means winter flowering honeysuckle, the shrubby. She means a shrub. Yes. Do you think she knows it's a shrub? Because lots of people don't. No, no. And they come in, and especially if you buy the mail order. You buy it mail order, you get this sort of twig in a <laughs> yes. polythene outer, yes. and they plant it against a, a trellis and wonder why it turns into a bush. <laughs> it's got the same name, but it is a shrub, isn't it? It is a shrub. You can. I have seen them trained for an arch. Oh, that'd so be that, quite nice. Yeah. You know, just tie them in. Um, and keep them flat, but they are a shrub and they, they look a bit of a gnarly. Now, it old used to thing. be called a fragrantissima. Is it still yeah. called that? Um, yeah. yeah. I think you can get a, a winter beauty or a modern yeah. form of it, but it's but all aren't the same. they perfume? Oh, they smell lovely. They do smell lovely, but they're, they're, uh, they're, they're not, not a great, pretty in the summer, are they? Great looking shrub the rest of the time. They're fine back of a border where you've got something a bit more interesting in front, um, and then in the winter, yes, they're going to do their bit. But um, no, don't don't go to the climbing plant section. It's in the, the shrubs. And the answer is, yes, you can buy it now, no problem at all, yeah. and get it in the ground literally soon as. No soon as. So they are. There's a good one. Uh, so thank you for that. That came in on 8133 with Essex on the front, and that was Shirley. I'll tell you where we're going now. We're going to talk to Maggie, and then we're going to talk to Marion, and we are seeing whether we can answer their gardening question on 0300 200 40 41. First up, Amaryllis. Is that right, Maggie? That's right, Amaryllis. 
What have you done to it? Quite, well, um, seem to be quite lucky bringing them through the summer, baking them and what have you, then giving them their cold period. And anyway, what I've ended up with is a 17 centimetre diameter pot with four bulbs in it, which is a bit overcrowded. <laughs> and I wondered when I should, uh, if it's possible to cut them off, the, the younger, the smaller bulbs, the offsets, and plant them again at some stage. Have they started growing yet? Have they started growing oh, or yes, what? yes, oh, yes, they've got lovely leaves on them. Yeah. <laughs> no, do it now then, would you? No. I, I would go, carry on doing what you've been doing. Um, bake, take them outside, allow them to go dormant again. Yeah, and at the point that, that they haven't got leaves and they're, they're dormant, that's when you would then separate them and, and repot them. Oh, I see. Oh, that's fine. Yes, in the well, in the autumn then. Yeah. So yeah, when, yeah. when you when you lift um, mm-hmm. the plant out, just make sure that the the offsets have got what we call a base plate. They've yeah. actually got their own individual um, root system or root disc. Yes, um, I otherwise, know. you'll end up yeah. taking them off a bit early and and finding out that they're not going to root so just have a look underneath and if they've got their own little circle at the base just winkle them off sometimes a knife just to cut them rather than tear them um, Uh and then just put them them into a small pot i understand these things like to be in a in a not a very big pot in fact it it can help but when they're young bulbs you just want to sort of let them grow and build up the bulb so i would i'd be a bit more generous than you would if you was just planting it to flower Okay, then. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. I have had a Christmas tree which is now four foot tall. It's in an eight-inch pot, ten inches diameter since buying it three years ago. I wish to repot it. So what size of pot do I need? What compost do I need? And what do I feed it with? How often I attach a picture? Now, the picture is, it's quite, I'll show Dave the picture. Look, that's quite, well, it's gone now. It's come back. Quite a nice looking tree, isn't it? Not bad. That's not bad. Not bad at all. So let's give some good advice on Christmas tree repotting. I didn't, doesn't look like it's in a pot, but still. It wants to go in a pot. um, So... If it's in a ten eight, inch di- eight, ten inch now, it says it's in a pot eight inch high and ten inch diameter. diameter. So you really just need what eighteen inch diameter? Yeah, fourteen to eighteen. Fourteen to eighteen if, inch. If pot. you go too big, then you'll end up chasing the you chasing will. the pot later down the year. But at least uh, a fourteen to eighteen inch pot. I would use uh, John Lennon's number three, a soil based compost. The other thing that you could do to it is you can trim it lightly, can't you? Yes, I mean you can do it now. The, the Christmas tree growers seem to do it in about June time. They go out there and just nibble the ends to encourage the plants to thicken up. But literally, them with the secateur. Don't use shears or anything. No, no, you no. Just, no. Go just, just nibble all the ends just and to then shape you'll bush it. and shape. Yeah, and you get those nice side growths when you get the lighter foliage. Now, what about feed? Is it um, do you, in March from March onwards? Would you feed it? Yeah, if you're going to repot it now, then there'll be a bit of feed in the compost when you repot. But sort of into March, then just a. I tend to use a bit of bluffish and bone or something like that just to sort of sprinkle on the top. And that would work. And as you water it, it'll go in. Dorothy and Thought Bay, tell us more about your begonia. Oh, hello, Ken. No, um, I haven't grown begonias for, <clears throat> for many years, but I've just been tempted by the, all the new corms that are in the garden centres, and I've bought quite a few. Good for you. Can you, rem- <laughs> can you remind me, please, when do I start them to shoot? And and how? Have you have you got somewhere warm? <coughs> so, uh, <sorry. laughs> well, only indoors. Now I've got a 
a greenhouse, but it's not heated. You, no. can, you can start them start, off on the, on the windows. Yeah, start them indoors, that's fine. They take quite a while sometimes to, to actually wake up and get going, so I, I would start thinking about doing it soon. Um, really? Yeah, just because they take they sit there and sit there and then suddenly decide they're going to throw a, an eye up, and you can keep it on the windowsill until you know the greenhouse is warm enough to move them out there. Um, right. So you just get the corms. There's normally like a pit in the top, a, a hollow, because yeah. yeah. quite often people go which, which way up, because <laughs> um, they're, they're a funny looking thing, aren't they? No, they almost tell you actually. Yeah, so just get some compost, um, you can put them in pots, I tend to do them in, in a tray and just nestle them into the tray, but don't cover the top of the, the, the corm itself, so just yeah. nestle it in, like just probably up to around the edge of the side. Yeah. Um, one very light watering um, and just keep them warm and they will throw up some shoots from that middle crown. Yes, that all sounds ever so familiar. Um, <laughs> and But what sort of compost do I... Does it need to be well-drained? Just just any. Make sure any, it... Yeah, any multi-purpose, really. Yeah, but not put add any grit or vermiculite, anything like well, that? Not, not, not really needed for them, no. no. No, maybe when you... Uh, pot them on so you're just trying to get them awake so once you've got them yeah. awake and you pot them on it'd be worth putting a little bit of drainage in the, in the bottom of the pot yeah. or maybe a bit of perlite in the compost then but all we're trying to do is wake them up um, yeah. and then you can plant them in in the finishing pots right okay so i can start now hmm. why not is that dorothy opens your garden is it dorothy in thought bay yes little foxes little fox are you opening it this year well, I'm hoping to. I had a bad year last year because I hurt my back. Yeah. And I wasn't able to do gardening, so I didn't open the garden. Mm. But I'm already starting gardening when it's when the weather permits, Good. in the hope of opening in May. Good. Will you let me know at least three weeks in advance and we'll put it on the podcast, yes, okay? I'll do that, Ken. Okay. Good to hear from you, Dorothy. And you. Bye-bye, uh, yeah. Ken. And that's Dorothy Bye. from Little Foxes in Thought Bay who opens her garden in aid of animal charities, if I remember rightly. And uh, don't forget, you the podcast is available about an hour or so after the programme is on. You can get up to date with all the questions that we've, we've been talking about on the way through the programme. If you missed the programme, you can go back to it, as well as pick up some extra gardening tips and events around the county. Let's go to Karen, who's got a fig tree question. Karen, tell us more about your fig tree and where yes. it's growing. It's growing in um, garden. Um, it's in the sort of concrete slabs to obviously restrict its roots. Good girl. And the pictures of the uh, were taken in the summer, and it's a couple of years old, and um, it's got some branches coming out from its the actual main branch um, lower down. I just wanted to know: should I be taking those off? You hopefully should see that from the picture. Um, otherwise, I think probably I don't need to prune it. Otherwise, it's just whether to take those lower branches out. Um, it's, it's, it's only it's if not you want essential, them to. is it? It's not needed. Um, if right. you're trying to keep it or maintain it to a, a, a stem and a head on there, like a more of a standard shape, yeah, take them off. Um, if not, you but can it's leave not them. needed. You know, it's oh, not, it's not a, essential, right? No. That's all I want. I'll leave them if that's the case. Yeah, because yeah, you time. get a you get a better sort of coverage in, in a way if you let the lower ones go. It's like sort of then more of a more of a whole a whole shrub of green all the way across, yeah. isn't right. it? Then? Okay, lovely. Is, it, is that you. all right? Yes, that's brilliant. Thank have you, you very got, much. Have you got small figs on it now? I did have, but they fell off. So yeah. keep going because they produce lovely figs when you get them to grow, don't yeah, they? I had, well, I had a couple last year. But, Good. Uh, 
Okay, lovely. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Karen, there you are. It's Karen with her fig tree asking about that and how to grow it. Charlie in Corringham. Charlie, see if, you've got, see if we can help you then, Charlie. Yes, good morning. Hi. Uh, I've got a winter flowering jasmine in the garden. Lovely. Mm-hmm. It's been there since 95, so it's quite an old plant. Yep. For the last three years, I haven't had any flowers on it. So That's I've unusual. Little... Mm. It, it's probably, although we told someone earlier to stop feeding their plant, Mm. Um, <laughs> are you feeding it? Um, no, I haven't fed it really. No. No, I would with the jasmines. I would give it a really good feed this spring. Bit um, of a prune after flowering, yeah. which will be about a month's time. Won't be far away. So tidy it up and just thin out. Take out some of the, any old, you know, really old stems, yeah. um, and a few good handfuls of, of fish blood and bone, or grow more anything sort of granular um, right. at the roots. Plenty of water. Um, and you'll probably find it, it's just getting a bit hungry and, and some of the stems are getting a bit old. Yeah, OK. Just right. give it a good feed in the spring then. Yeah, yep, that's the one. OK, right. Thanks very much. That's a pleasure. Now, <clears throat> I've got a few uh, uh, messages have come through, which we ought to do it. I have a small border against the wall in front of my house, which doesn't get much sunlight. What could I plant there? Gary Elliptica. Yeah. Begonias. Come on, your turn. A stilby. A stilby. Um, the low growing cornus. Yep. Um, Pachysandra, if you want something evergreen and ground covering. Um, there's quite a few. There's even the camellias, azaleas. As long as you sort of treat the soil, um, a nice bit of shade can. Shenomenes would work, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, trained against the wall. Um, there's some lovely things out there. It's just picking the right one. So there are. There's plenty of things that you can do. And Shelley, if you didn't catch all those all those names, <laughs> all you have to do is go to the podcast about an hour after the program, and you can listen back to what we said. I have a clematis that's growing out of a Lalandi hedge. Can I pull it out without damaging it? Does she mean the Lalandi hedge or, <laughs> or the clematis? clematis? <laughs> I think you'd struggle to damage the hedge by pulling the clematis out. You definitely would. Wouldn't um, you? you may well do a bit the other way. <laughs> so. What would you do? I mean, you just pull it out, and yeah. it, you can cut it off anyway, can't you? It doesn't yeah. matter. If it's a hedge you, you're trying to take out, then it might be worth digging the clematis root ball out first, take yeah. the hedge out and protect it that way. So there, that's a good one. Um, hi, Ken. Can you help me with advice on dahlias? Well, I've we've got a dahlia <laughs> man sitting opposite. When is the right time to plant and how to take cuttings? Thanks, regards. And that's Donald Ken from Langdon. Langdon. Um, you can buy them now. They're in the garden centres in packets or from the sort of mail order places. Um, if you want to take cuttings, get them in a pot on the windowsill now or in the greenhouse. Get them shooting and take a few cuttings. Same as you would a fuchsia, a geranium, a couple of pairs of leaves, growing tip. Um, if you just want them in the garden, then get them going probably March time. Um, and then you can just split that tuber. So you've got a lump what, of tuber you look in the shoot. The, you look for the shoots, because yeah. each tuber must have a shoot, because if not, it won't produce anything, it? Won't. Will it? So you, you should get two or three shoots come from a, a sort of packet tuber, and then just get it growing, split it through, so you've got a shoot and a lump of shoot, uh, tuber, um, and then plant it out, and you'll get nice early flowers then from them, and they carry on going through the through the winter or through the summer. And if you're buying dailies at this time of year from garden centres like your own, yeah. um, Basically, just keep them frost-free, and that's keep them frost-free, and but cool, and certainly cool, but not hot. Most people overprotect them because they're in a cool place, and then they start sweating and, and rotting. So, get them and just put them in a bit of damp compost, but don't water until they start shooting. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour. This is BBC Essex. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. 
And if you missed any of the answers, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11.